Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason, and we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. This was apparently, this was um, Trent Reznor doing the music. That lazy son of a bitch. He just grabbed the Smith. <laughs> it's the Smiths. It's mostly the, we it's a tell. lot of the Smiths. Hi, everybody. Hello, everyone. My name is David Bell. My name is Tom Ryman. And we just watched The Killer. The Killer. Starring the fast bender. Mm -hmm. The fastest bender in the West. Stick to your plan. Trust no one. Stick to the plan. Forbid empathy. Stick to the plan. Anticipate. Don't improvise. Yeah. All right. This is on the Netflix. It is. And that's also my first note is I'm like, I wish I could have seen this in theaters, David Fincher. Yeah, I would you have got your, loved to have I'm seen the David Fincher you. movie in, in theaters. Yeah. Glad you got your Netflix deal. How's that feel? How's that Netflix deal feel? Is it fun for you? Is it fun to not have things in theaters? That David must be Fincher, that must be kind director. of a drag. I mean, on one hand, yeah. they give you a ton of money. On the other hand, your stuff almost never see. Like they buried Mank. I had to yeah. look for it, and it, they yeah. don't get and they I, don't get DVD releases. They just it's yeah. Uh, anyway, so David Fincher's new movie, The Killer, is on Netflix. Is what that all yes. basically means. But also not to. anyway, because I want to talk about what this movie means. But first, Tom, how'd you like this movie? I really liked this movie. Yeah, me too. Uh, I think it's going to be, I suspect it might end up being a David Fincher movie along the lines of Fight Club in that I think this movie will be misunderstood by the people it is making fun of. A hundred percent. This is kind of a comedy. It it's is. It's the driest fucking comedy you could ever I, I, watch. I, I, I was, it took everything in my being not to text you that the other day, Dave, but like I'm watching the movie, I just, I kept wanting to text you like, this is weirdly funny. Well, so yeah, you, I, I remember when I first figured that out because I was looking at the reviews and the reviews are basically, it's split between people who sort of just went, wow, that's boring. Nothing happened. And people who are like, oh, this means something, doesn't it? And I thought about what it meant and I like it, you know, and I'm not saying that, either is necessarily right because right. if you're sitting there to watch like i saw one review that was like it's boring john wick and i'm like it's not john it's wick, not john wick at all <laughs> yeah but if you're sitting down you're like i'm gonna watch a cool action film no that's not what you're no, gonna that's get not what this is um it's, and it's not at all this is a drama slash the, dry dry comedy the thing that i allowed myself to text you was that it feels like this is fincher doing steven soderbergh almost yeah yeah so it, it is 
yeah, be warned right away. And again, it's like you look at all the other Fincher and you're like, I don't know how you could not. When has Fincher really made like, oh, I'm just making cool action, you know? I guess that's the people who think Fight Club is that. Um, right. It's it's very, very similar to Fight Club because it's uh, it, it's a main character who talks constantly a lot of bullshit that sounds really good. But yeah. the movie continuously uh, undermines him subtly at first. But as the movie goes on, it becomes louder. Uh, yes. Until like it becomes obvious that it's it's bullshit. He has no fucking idea what he's talking about. It's it's sort of like yeah. it's, it's it's a joke. It's, it's right. It's, it's when you figure out that Tyler Durden is full of shit in Fight Club. Exactly. This is I think just a lot more. I think this is more direct. Frankly, it's more Wiley Coyote. Because, it's more direct. Yeah. So like the premise, the first like twenty minutes is this guy setting up an assassination, and you're watching and you're thinking like, ooh, he's really good. Um, he's working out of a you, abandoned the, WeWork. The reason you think he's good is because it's the the movie is almost entirely narrated, and he drones yes. on and on and on with all of the tropey shit that you expect, like a master assassin to say, like the statistics about death and the statistics about accidents yeah. and There's being this prepared. Many people being born yeah. per day, and it's like all this bullshit, and then you realize that he's overslept. <laughs> like, yeah. And then he's like, I allow myself to, to go down the street for some protein. And he gets a fucking egg McMuffin. Yeah. Like it's, there's, there's little things early on that he's an asshole. Uh, but ultimately what happens, the, the inciting incident is that he fucks up. He fucks up the job he's on and shoots the wrong yeah. person. Yeah, the whole thing is leading up to building him up in his own mind, basically. Yeah. His narration is yeah. about how good he's, he is. He's self-mythologizing. <laughs> yeah, and then he fucks up the the shot. The th and that was the moment I burst into laughter. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, this right, is a comedy. Right. Got it. And he almost gets busted just by like somebody coming in and dropping off the mail in this WeWork. Yeah. It's like... He talks all this shit, and he even says, "I'm not exceptional," but like in a way that you're like, "Okay," like like in a like a humble braggy type way. When he really, you yeah. can tell he really does think he's exceptional, but he just and then it just it's all building him screwing this up spectacularly. And then from this moment on, for the rest of the movie, every single time he tries to do a cool hitman thing that you've seen in the movies, he fucks it up beyond repair. He well, he keeps getting messier and messier. Yeah, is the he's idea. on tilt, and because, he keeps getting further and further on tilt, and making bigger and bigger mistakes. Right, because <laughs> but, the whole the whole movie is basically this idea of a hitman who fucks up a job, and then they try to kill him, and they mm -hmm. end up assaulting his his wife, girlfriend. They don't say, and I I kind of appreciate how little the movie tells you because his, it doesn't she, really. She's his like, she is at least one of his partners. Like it's right. definitely that's where he go. He goes to this house in the Dominican Republic to hide out, and he has this woman there, and they're clearly in a relationship, and she sort of keeps yeah. the house for him. But again, they don't they don't need to tell us much, right, you know. Yeah. Um, and I like that. You just know, oh, this is personal. And so he starts. He goes to like his boss, essentially his handler, um, and he kills him and gets information from but his like the way he kills assistant. him, Dave. <laughs> Kiss. with a nail gun well he does this thing it's another way he's trying to do a john wick thing 
he shoots him in right. the he shoots him across the collarbone three times uh, with a nail, and he's like, "Okay, you have about three and a half minutes before you drown in your own blood. So you can either tell me what I want to know, and I'll let you." And he like dials nine one one and puts the phone on the desk in front of him. He's like, "I'll let you hit send right. if you tell me what what I want to know." But the clock is ticking. You only have a couple of minutes before you drown in your. Oh fuck, he's dead. Like yeah, he tried to he do this dies. cool badass John Wick thing, like you know when he stabs Common, and he's like, "You can either pull the knife out or just, or leave it in and go to the hospital." But he fucks it up and just kills. Like the guy dies immediately. The guy died, <laughs> so he then has to like bring the body out with his assistant, yeah. and then just get the information from her, and, and then kill takes her. her to her house. Yeah, and <laughs> the whole thing he keeps talking about. How meticulous he is, yes! and how leave no trace. Right. He says never, never improvise. Always anticipate. Um, and then he just slowly again. He's like, don't make it. Don't give a fuck. Don't. Nothing's personal. Take no sides or stuff. And then it's slowly like he's doing this because he's been personally slighted. So like the entire thing is personal, and he keeps telling himself, don't, don't get personal. And the thing while is, he's doing this thing, he's been personally slighted, but it's not even like that bad. Like. They they beat up his girlfriend, but she's basically okay. I was thinking the same thing, which I was like at the beginning. I'm like, oh, that is that is bad. But then, she also like, the fucked one of, of them up. Like like it. They they treat it in a way that's really interesting to me. That is continue. It's like a continual um, exploration of the theme. Um, right. where they don't, they only have like a couple of brief scenes together, but like, like, she's like, you would have been so proud of me. I was strong. I stabbed the hell out of that guy when they were, t- I didn't, right. I didn't tell him anything. She's like so proud that she got her ass beat. And like, she has this huge scar across her face and she's like, how bad is it? Never mind. Don't tell me I'll see you soon enough. But she's not like upset about it. She's so, she's excited that she got to fuck some dude up exactly like yeah. Fassbender taught her. So it's like. The relation we're seeing that the relation like he's a scumbag like we're, we shouldn't feel good about yeah. that like we shouldn't feel righteous about his pursuit of revenge I guess because like he has done infinitely more to put her in harm's well, way. What they immediately start doing is having him kill innocent people. Yes, and that's when you realize like oh, okay this isn't worth his like because he kills a cab driver who's very clearly not going to say anything. No, same with the assistant. She's very clearly she knows her her occupational hazard like it's very clear she knows right she's, that she's like i'm she's not getting out of this the secretary of a guy who like g- g- books assassinations like she knows she's exactly. in the criminal and like the cab driver is just some cab like he's overheard criminal he's shit. just some kid like i've been a delivery driver before and have witnessed crimes i had no interest in telling anybody about them <laughs> i'm just right. like look i'm just trying to live my life and do my job that's that's it and again it it gets increasingly messier because yeah. he goes to the cab place and he doesn't kill the guy there and he makes it look like a robbery and you're like, okay, all right, he's doing stuff. And then just slowly, like when he kills the cab driver, he just takes his radio mm-hmm. and it's like, well, nobody's going to think that's why he was shot. But all right, like it, it gets well, worse. Well, he, t- he, like, he, he takes his wallet, his wallet too. I guess, yeah. But you're right. It, it goes downhill it gets, from there where he, he stops. When he yeah. kills the guy in Florida and just fucking blows his house up, just lights it on fire. And I was like, okay, now you're getting extremely He couldn't drug messy. the dog. Like he, the dog was yeah. not interested in eating the drugged meat. He was trying yeah. to feed the dog. And again, everything seems so meticulous. And then it keeps going wrong. 
um, in very funny ways where it's like, ultimately what it's kind of also saying is like, like he's, he's a dipshit obviously, but yeah. also just like, you can't plan for this shit as much as he tells himself, you can't plan for your own emotions. You can't plan for random circumstances. Well, uh, what I like that, what it's doing is it's, it's, it's a deconstruction, right? Of the myth of the, of the John Wick of like the cool assassin. Like that's, that's right. why the it's, it's a boring John Wick is so funny because the point of the movie is it's anti John Wick. The point of the movie is John yeah. Wick does not exist. And even right. even this guy doesn't exist. Like he's still no, even this guy is too cool. Right, to be he's a still hitman. too cool to be a real life hit. Like the the best. I, I think we mentioned it on the episode, but the best depiction of, of real life assassins I've ever seen is in House of Gucci. It's just two yeah. guys in their fifties with huge guts that walk up to him on the street and just blow him away. Right, and like yeah, I feel like the average hitman like it'd probably be shocking how much they make per kit. It's, it's probably like fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. yeah, it's not a lot yeah. of money. <laughs> yeah, to and murder so, somebody. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's like there. So th- that's sort of the idea is he's even larping. I mean, there's this implication that in this world the hitmen are cooler because he meets Tilda Swinton and. Um, She's also like she's clearly better than him. Yes, she is. Um, <laughs> yeah, to the point where I thought she had killed him. Like when she orders her bottle, she like she tells them, "Bring, oh, yeah. bring me my bottle," and she doesn't drink out of it, but he does. That's the first time he actually takes a drink at the table. I thought, oh, she's right. got him. That was poison. Oh yeah. Um, so like, <clears throat> it's clear that he's just he's he's. Like he he's fine. <laughs> he's not he's not the worst hitman. That's what makes it like subtly funny, and it's just right. He's um, he's as blue collar of a hitman as I. Well, not even that's not right. But like, well, they're showing stuff like I think this is part of it because pe- I think people were noting the product placement in this movie, and there is a lot. And I'm guessing they made some money from it. I'm guessing Netflix was very happy. There was product placement, but it doesn't feel unearned because it kind of points out how much phony. Like it's all about yes. the, the, it's he's very it's phony. He's very explicitly and specifically posted up in a WeWork. And WeWork was like vaporware basically, but it right. was one of those tech projects that got got people really excited and got a lot of money and then there it, there was nothing to it and it just collapsed because what was the what was the concept and you know yeah. it's it's all in 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 the tech industry like the guy the the guy who he's ultimately after is a tech billionaire and it's like yeah. the perfect metaphor for this where it's all the facade it's but the actual substance is either non-existent or much, much less glamorous than what they're making yeah. it out to be. So it's perfect. The product placement, the fact that they leaned into tech stuff, it dates the film. And I think that's on purpose. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's, it, it takes the piss out of the film a little bit because if the film was timeless, it would make him, it would be more like a mythology of this man. And then the fact that like when he has to like copy the, the fob for the, like the he house, orders it from Amazon. He just buys, yeah, he just gets a thing on Amazon, and you're like, oh, and it well, sh- and it that. shows up in one of the yeah, it's so that yeah the the yeah. the product placement also is 100 percent what you're talking about the mundanity of it is it's not like he's not sitting there and like using skills he learned in some secret school in the in the fucking Russian mountains about being a spy is about spycraft he just ordered a fucking gadget on Amazon right <laughs> like any dipshit can do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I am almost certain this is 
all on purpose for Fincher because Finch, Fincher is a very meticulous man. Yes. Um, you could say that he probably thinks of himself as like this assassin, very meticulous, which is the other layer of this. I'm almost certain this movie is about being a director <laughs> to some extent. I'm it's almost not, not certain about this that. is about. It, yeah, there's certainly that it's element about in bureaucracy. there. bureaucracy. Because the whole movie is him basically he gets he gets slighted because he fucks up this job and he he, he, he gets he, burned by a guy who doesn't even really understand that he's burned him exactly because the whole thing is him fighting um, to get to this one client and he's killing his way through and his client is the guy who got eaten by a T Rex in Jurassic Park the Lost World it's um is it Richard Schiff. It's Peter Ludlow. That's the oh character. no, that's it's Arliss Howard. That's right. That's who it was. Yeah, <laughs> they're talking about Richard yeah. Schiff. I was like, that was definitely not Richard Schiff. No, that's not Richard Schiff. No, it's John Hammond's. Yeah, yeah, Peter Ludlow. You're right. Uh, nephew, I want to say nephew, or son. Yeah. Oh, yeah, nephew. I don't know. I I looked it up and I was like, really? Because I I thought he was I I thought he was like sixty in Jurassic Park, but um, no, he's a young. I don't he's know a why I thought that. He, yeah, anyway. he's a young guy, but um. So he basically, he gets to the client's place and you're assuming what's going to happen is he's going to kill this guy. He's killed everybody else, you know, like he's killed, he's killed the middlemen. Um, And the, the middlemen are just doing their job. And so like, there's this question of like, what accountability, who's accountable for it all. And when he gets to the client, the client is just completely clueless. He's like, Oh, they so uh, they told me that the assassination got fucked up, and they asked if I wanted insurance for like an extra 150k. So I said, "Yeah, that sounds good." Um, <laughs> I didn't know what it meant, and so you realize that this whole ordeal was because one rich guy was like getting basically like got extra space on his like the equivalent of getting like even more space on JetBlue. Right, you know? he got up. Like, he it's got like, an upsold. He like, got upsold. Yeah, exactly, and that's it. They basically told and him. He said, he, he, "What what he says is, well, I asked, well, what normally happens in a situation like this?" And Fastbender's handler tells him, "Well, for an uh, additional fee, we can clean it up, uh, eliminate any trace, so that it doesn't get back to you." And he's like, "Fine, let's do that." Yeah, <laughs> and that's it. And so uh, Fastbender doesn't kill him. No, um, he, and, it's funny. And, he and, walks in and he ba- he just says, "Do we have a problem?" Right, <laughs> which is very funny. It's almost a punchline of the whole yeah. killing thing. This killing spree to get to one guy and be like, "Hey, what's your deal?" Right, it's too. It's the um, it's the joke that Scott Glenn tells in Training Day. Right, it's it's he spends two hours fighting through all these people to get to the end and just be just to ask this guy, "The fuck's your problem?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like... um, it's real good, and um, and they ha- they he ha- he explains it to him this. That, yeah, he didn't know. And Fastburner's like, all right, well, if you ever come, if I ever think you're uh, trying to kill me, I'm going to kill you. And leaves. And that's it. And so, like, this guy is, and you think about it, it's like, this guy is so rich, he's probably, Fastbender is at least very smartly realizing, like, I can't kill this guy. It's very high profile. Um, I'm on camera. Like, he notices that he's on camera. He's, again, being very loud about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he retires. The end is him just retiring, um, just going to back to South America and sitting by the pool. And so I can't help but to think about like Fincher being a man who is so meticulous in how he makes movies and this idea of like, you fuck up once and they throw you to the wolves, right? Like you fuck up once 
and they come for you. They, they force and you in reti- into retirement. Yep, and it's just ultimately the decision of some rich guy who's not even thinking about the lives that they're affecting. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think there's an element there of, like... that's There's an... Um, for sure. For sure. Yeah, Fincher's frustration of, like, who really holds the power, the corporate world, and specifically the idea of a single, like, artist being affected by it but then by making the killer also like not great i think that's that helps because it's not him trying to well, tell everybody right, i'm amazing in a broader context it's it's just like how the you know it, it can it could be viewed as just how our lives are based on the are so often based on the whims of these dipshits, right? Like Fastbender right. is not a person that exists, but Arliss Howard's character certainly does. Right. And I just think I think it really <clears throat> helps that you put that on top of making Fastbender's character kind of a, a, a dipshit. Yeah. Um, it's an ass. He's like, using he's got his no, alias is all uh They're fucking, all sitcom character names. They're yeah, so obviously like, aliases. Like Exactly. At first, you're like, "Oh, that's a cute." Because I think I forget what the the first alias is. Um, Felix Unger. Yeah, and it's like, "Oh, okay." So you're trying to say he's the fool uh, to some extent here, and then like you realize, like, "Oh, that's just what he's doing." And you're like, "Wow, that's so fucking obvious." Yeah, it's real dumb. When he's George, his bank is tied to George Jefferson, and it's like, "Wow, yep. you if you were a cop, you could trace this immediately." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, I love that shit. I think it's 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 interesting to have his ultimate thing be a tech bro because like like we said like I was we were saying earlier all the reasons why the tech industry is so apt for this. He is basically just a tech billionaire to an extent, right? He's not dissimilar from Edward Norton in um The Glass Onion. Fastbender is because like Oh, Fastbender, yeah. The sh- he's a big hypocrite. Like he goes against everything he says eventually at some point in the film he violates every single rule he uh, lays out oh yeah there and there are points where he's narrating a, a you know and, and getting really into the self-mythologizing of this world that he exists in but we're seeing the opposite play out on screen so it's like a chuck jones cartoon at some point yes yeah. one of the i'd say one of the most telling things I first noted this when he's doing the assassination he's putting in earphones so i was like i don't think you should put in earphones as an assassin like, that's a bad idea, right? But it's the fact that he keeps talking to himself as, like, I'm a robot, I'm emotionless, and he's listening to nothing but the Smiths. He's listening to Morrissey. <laughs> so fucking emotional. And that was the, like, that's one of the biggest, like, hints of this guy is just, like, yeah, everything he says about himself is a fucking lie, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Or there's almost everything. Like we should note, he's not a complete buffoon. He knows how to fight. He knows how to do these things. But like, it's it's sort of about that idea of like just you know, yeah, he's skilled, but that doesn't make him like incredible. No, <laughs> like that doesn't mean he's smart. You know what I mean? No, like and just because not. he knows how to fight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's not very doesn't smart. Mean he's like particularly clever. He's um, he. It's it's. Uh... He does some of the, I mean, he has clever ideas, but like, he's, I don't know, it's. Well, no, he has, again, it's, that's, I think that's why it's, it's, I think a lot of people might, that's why I, I really do think this is intentionally, it's based off a comic book, and I haven't read the comic book, um, but like, it really does feel intentional, but it's so, it's subtle enough that it's like, 
you could you could go into it thinking like, oh, do they know? <laughs> but I I think they know to some extent. They must. Um, they know what they're doing. I think to the full extent because like right away, you know, listening to the Smiths while talking about how he's got to you know not give a fuck and not have any ties mm -hmm. and it's so like and then of course i'm immediately missing it and then the fact that what he does is it's somewhat clever but it's all stuff you sort of he's doing all the very are like the tropey things and it's like exactly he sneaks into places by just waiting for delivery men to go inside <laughs> so he can yeah. walk inside and like, the door throwing the dog meat that's tainted or putting throwing body parts in a and like off a ferry like they all seem like it's like okay that's that's kind of neat like i like watching these details how meticulous he's being like they're presenting it all of like here's all the steps but nothing he's doing is extremely like i'm like wow i never thought to do that right it's he, all just he's like, doing all this all the expected things he does say at one point um you can't possibly think of everything like he does he does right. make this point there are a few things uh points in the narration where he does say true things and it's, uh, that's yeah, it's one all thing. to say like i think what it is is that he's not it's not that he's a buffoon it's that he's no different than us like if i were an assassin this is about how this is the best case scenario right best case um i don't think i'd be this good of an assassin but you know what i mean like he's average he's it's really it, right it's, it's demystifying it he's just yeah, exactly. some asshole Right. He has and, no special so, he has no special knowledge. He has no special skill. He just right, he just was, knows which he has learned which details are the most important. I was half expecting um it to sort of end with him just getting arrested for everything. Um just like No, I think it has to like, it, it has to end with him retiring if yeah. because the whole idea is if if we're continuing with like the tech industry metaphor and stuff it's this rewarding mediocrity and rewarding the smoke and mirrors yeah you're right and I, again like people are going to watch this film and expect it to be like funny <laughs> and it is kind of it is kind of funny it's quietly but it's funny all, it's like yeah, subtly it's funny. all done it's one of the most subtly funny movies and, and it's mostly presented like a thriller and it's very it's very well done in that regard. It, um, I saw comparisons to Hitman, which I don't quite agree with, but the beginning does feel very like the credits. You're just like, no oh, shit. Like they, they throw it's you into real the film. fast. Yeah. The credits are, yeah. are, are really interesting actually. Yeah. They're really cool. And then the way it's shot is just, it's shot like Fincher, you know, like the, the, um, it's it's i guess a little more subdued side of fincher like it's not panic room fincher it's more no, like um, no it's yeah it's very it's late stage fincher yeah. i guess you know fincher used to be louder he's um, never i mean i don't want to say he's never been loud because he is pretty loud fight club, fight club is, is, is pretty loud. fucking loud but like he's not like a tarantino so it's not usually yeah a th a th he's not he's not known for getting in his own way at yeah, least at least in terms of style yeah, I think he's really calmed down um, later. But like, then you look at like Alien 3, bad example. But that one doesn't feel that Fincher either. Um, so he always, he knows when to be loud and when not to, mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah, Fight, um, Fight Club is loud this, very purposefully. Yeah, this starts loud, but then it's 
mostly I think pretty it, subdued. It starts loud it has again. A great... It starts loud. It's the smoke and mirrors. It it get, it puts up the real like this is a hitman, cool assassin front. Yeah, and then immediately as you're into it, it all goes away, and it just becomes very straightforward. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's the, very mundane. Yeah, you're right. The, the very the not mundane, are almost a like, joke. Right, like, and it's the credits go right into they, they slam you into. It feels like 15 minutes, this first scene, before he finally fucks up the first assassination. I thought it was like 20. It might even be 20. Where it's It's just his narration building this dude up. uh, And it's just building him up and up and up. And then he just... For him to fuck up. Um, Yeah, fuck up in a very obvious way, too. Where you're watching and there's this sex worker, this, uh, this like BDSM lady... Um, who's who's there with the guy he's supposed to kill and she's walking in front of him constantly and you're sitting there like come on take the shot and in your mind you're like uh it's he's gonna perfectly nail it isn't he like that's what they're they're teasing this like oh oh she's in front of him oh she's not where you assume like oh he's gonna thread the needle and then he doesn't no nope. <laughs> he shoots her instead like mm-hmm. in the leg um, <laughs> like right through the side then, it's like blasts oh, right yeah. either way he does not he does not hit the the guy no and then he just books it um and he gets away and it's he's nervous the whole time and you can see that where you're like oh he's scared um and like yeah, he's like shitting yeah, himself it's just completely deadpan is all mm-hmm. so yeah. like it's doing it's doing all the tropes in the moment where it's like when he does his getaway he gets on a bike he's like jason Bourne. he's like going down these he throws away the stuff you know um, and it's very, it seems very meticulous, like, because he probably planned like, oh yeah, this is where I'm going to, you know, I, he's doing what he would do if he successfully took right. the shot. He already knew way. he was going to have to make, he goes over that in his narration where he says yeah. like, when you shoot a, a sniper assassination like this is the only advantage you have is distance because everything else, the noise, the obviousness, the publicness of it, it's, you have to make a quick escape. So he already knew he was going to have to flee. So it's right. so we we are assuming this is just his route, but yeah, it's he is shitting bricks the entire time. Yeah, you can tell he's so fucking nervous about it. There's so and many... then he's paranoid on the entire flight home. Yeah, he's, he's looking at this guy because he has distinct socks. There's yeah, the most obvious the movie becomes is there. Are, I think three different moments uh, in the movie where the it, the Chuck Jones aspect of the narration being at odds with what's actually happening on screen comes to a head so there's three different times in the movie where he's narrating the, the the how awesome and cool this process is but he fucks it up and he interrupts the narration by saying on screen fuck and that happens right. three times so that's as obvious as the movie gets this this is supposed to be funny <laughs> but right. uh, i think it's i i think it does it enough that i think people you'll get it i think most people will will get that this is yeah, just, just really so dry yeah it's like when Jason was talking about the movie Tars being like one big lead up to, to a punchline. Punch yeah. I haven't seen yeah, it yet. And I need to. I won't spoil it uh, for anybody, but it's it's sort of like that, but it's not like laugh out loud. The whole thing is very, you know, it's not, it's an entire drama. It's very, it's like dry, dry humor and not even like NPR dry, but like, just like, like, I don't know. I like, I love this. I love movies doing this. Cause not many movies do this where it's kind of, it's not really a troll. Like, it's not like, Oh, this was all for nothing. Um, and the ending still says something. And it's the same with this, which is like, 
I think he's he's still saying something about yeah. Is he's, um, yeah? Oh yeah. Yeah, the, the, how power trickles down and the the mediocrity of it all and the the bureaucracy rather of it mm-hmm. all and um and, and how like power and money protects stupid oafs who are just yeah just don't aren't even mostly ignorant to the destruction they cause. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you can do that and still have kind of this sort of dry like comical tone throughout where it doesn't feel like the point of the movie that he's not particularly great. It's like an added little, like you could do the same movie with the same point and make him like a really good killer, you know, like you could do that. Um, but I don't think it would be as fun and effective. Like that's the thing is when you watch this movie, like, I don't think it, I don't think the point lands as hard. I was so entertained by this movie and yeah. at the end I was like, why nothing happened? <laughs> Why was I so entertained by this movie? And kind of this is why, because like you're, you, it's like you're watching him, and you, you again, he's not doing anything particularly complex. So you're kind of in his shoes, like, oh god, is, is he going to get through this? Like everything is, he's sort of struggling the whole time. He really is. Um, yeah. I, I th- yeah. Part of and, it, it's, it's really, it's. I think it's really well written. The screenplay is by Andrew Kevin Walker. Um, okay. I think it's the first time he and Fincher are collaborating since I want to say Panic Room or was the did game? He did seven. He did seven and he did the game. I can't remember if he did Panic Room or not. Um, anyway, it's he'll, they've collaborated before. Um, it's a good. He's a good screenplay writer. Um, all the bullshit that Fassbender does, even though it's fascinating and it becomes more fascinating the more you realize that he's talking out of it. He's whistling through his asshole. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, that's a part of what helps keep it entertaining because there isn't much action in it, but it's so like it's performed. Well, um, there's not yeah. a lot of like well-known actors in it. It's pretty much just Fassbender and then Tilda Swinton at the end. Oh, and uh, um, yeah. um, Arliss Howard's not like super famous. No, um, Tilda Swinton is very important because I saw her in the credits when they're like, find this person they look like a q-tip i'm like oh there she is yep (laughs) yeah um and then she has a very important scene where she just has dinner with him great scene yeah he sits down across from her and she immediately knows like oh he's gonna kill me yep um i know who this is i know what they're here to do um and she's like surprised he's so again he's in the middle of a restaurant and he's completely lost all control at this point because he's just sitting across from her at a restaurant for it yeah and she's just so sloppy um and she and she they sit and they just chat at this restaurant while she drinks whiskey because she's like she knows okay i'm gonna die in the next you know 30 minutes or so by the end of the hour (laughs) yeah so i'm gonna just drink some whiskey and maybe i'll get some dessert like it's a great yeah (laughs) going hog wild she's a pro yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she knows her chances are slim. She still tries to kill him. She does, and it may have worked. Because <laughs> it, it, yeah. she plays on your sympathy and gives him this very poignant speech about, like, when your time comes, and it will eventually come, um, because yeah. you're going to step in it. You've probably already stepped in it a few times. Like, she points out, look, it's no different from any other job that you've been on. You have shot innocent people before, too, have you not? And we right. know he has. We've seen him do it in this movie. 
And she's like, it's not, it's not personal. It was never personal. I didn't even like that, that guy that did most of it. And I'm, I'm glad you killed him first, by the way, he sucked. Yeah. So like, and then she says, when your time comes, you'll be, you'll, will, you will think of me in my face. You will think of this conversation we have. So she has this like great scene with him. Um, and this poignant, like end of life reflection on their, what their life is, the, the path that they've chosen to do this. Uh, and she slips as as he's leading her down to the to the riverbank to kill her, and she reaches out. It's like, could you could you help me up? And that's when he kills her. He shoots her in the head, and then the the, yeah. the reveal is that she had a knife in her other hand and would have stabbed him if he went yeah. to help her up. So I I think that's the one. It's the only moment where we I I think it's one of the only moments we see him genuinely outsmart somebody, because the rest of the times. Yeah. It's either he's just more lucky or he's more savage. Or like, he's an idiot. Remember, right. he nail guns the guy's computer, by the way. He does. And he's like, I want the names. And he's like, it was in they the They were computer. in the computer that you destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tilda Swinton also tells um, a dirty joke that I've heard a million times um, from like, you know, like oh, the bear joke from Boston. Yeah. I've and never it's heard just, that I joke happen- before. Oh, okay. It's such a, it's such a like you know fishing with your uncle joke yeah like it's such a dude joke it's a dude's and bonding so I, joke yeah yeah i only point it out because tilda swinton classes it up so much it's tilda swinton telling a joke about a hunter going to the woods trying to kill a bear and the bear says listen i you know you didn't get me i'll either kill you or sodomy and then the hunter keeps coming back and then it ends with the bear going you're not here just to hunt are you you're not, um and you're like that's, that it's a yeah. Yeah, it's a it's like a classic shit shitty it's a, joke. It's a fucking Playboy so, joke. Like it's yeah, yeah it's a it's Maxim so magazine joke. Watch, yeah, it's so funny to watch Tilda Swinton tell it in this long. Like she's telling a very like important story um, and selling it so elegantly. She's, I just right. that was a great she's idea. She's telling it the way that a Shakespearean actor would tell a joke. Yeah, it was so good. Makes a meal so of fucking it. good. Yeah, it's a great scene. It is a great scene. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think again. Like, he's not a full buffoon. It's more that no. It's, it's just like, like he, he actually outsmart. Like he actually does f- outsmart her in this scene by following his own directions. No empathy. It's it's again that he's average. Like so right. I so John Wick. I love John Wick. Right, but at no point in John Wick. No, John John Wick. Superman. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You're you're never like oh my god is this? There's no tension. And what Fincher like very? I disagree, but I know I know what on. you're saying. Yeah, uh, the, yeah. the tension. John, like, Wick's John Wick's not the best example, we right? Because he brought it up. He's constantly getting his ass beat, but we we're pretty sure he's going to win in the end. Yes, there's there's better examples. Obviously, the superhero genre is yeah. um, a problem for this as well, where you're like, you know, where where you're like, well, they're never going to. You know they're always going to win. What's the point? There's there's other movies that are good examples like of a like Seagal movie the plot where he's never yeah, in the trouble. Yeah, the plot armor. Yeah, the plot armor around these characters sometimes because the actor's own vanity. Um, and so like very smartly, it it's way better when it's just like an average Joe. Like that's really it. Like it's um. You you're constantly wondering like how is he going to get out of this? Is he going to get out right. of this? We have and no the idea. Movie feels by by making him fuck up the first shot. The movie kind of bring you immediately go like oh I'm not sure what direction this is going to go in, and so like you truly right. don't it's, know. It's, like, it seems like any 
any one it's it's almost like watching somebody have a bad streak of roles at D&D because it's like yeah. any one of his actions eventually it seems like it has like a 50-50 shot as the movie exactly. progresses and it's like i don't think he's going to die but like he could go to prison in this film he could get fucked up like you just don't like he could die by the end mm-hmm. don't get me wrong oh, yeah. but like um and so like by making him just like so fucking vulnerable to to mistakes um you're that's i think that's why it's like you're watching him do like fairly again i don't want to say mundane but like for a thriller action there's not much to it he just keeps going to places to kill these people um but i was on the seat you know edge of my seat the whole time Um, i love the part the fight where he fucking breaks into the Florida guy's house is great. It's, and it's, it's so well shot. And it's one of the, it really is. Uh, and it's like they, he does silhouettes, which helps really well when you probably need stuntmen um, to do the scene. Yeah. But it's also like, it's so like, again, it, it's so rough, it's you know, messy. like they're not it's kung fu yeah, kung fuing each other. And yeah. it's, it's one of the funniest I think it's almost the climax of his mistakes, right? Because yeah. this is him literally coming in to like, like he's knocked out the dog with drugs and he's creeping inside to assassinate this guy like a shadow. And then all of a sudden he's getting tackled by the guy. And now it's a he fight. Body. Yeah. Yeah. They're fighting for like eight minutes. It's and his blood is now on the right. ground. So like he knows. Was, I was thinking there's a moment in get shorty. <laughs> okay. Follow me. <laughs> Where they're beaten, the 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 bad guy, the bad guys are beating up Travolta, right? And the idea right. is to they're gonna push him over the balcony to make it look like he fell. Um, but one of the bad guys is beating Travolta up too much, so the other bad right. guy is like, "If you keep hitting him, it's not gonna look like he fell. It's gonna look like somebody beat him up and then threw him over the edge." Right. So like this, like as he leaves, I think he like, I forget he he firebombs it. I I think he may have done something but like there's no effort to cover up that this was just he broke into this man's house savagely attacked him and killed him like that's it yeah this guy was beaten stabbed and shot and then his house right. was burned and then he just that's why he's like all right fuck it burn down the house <laughs> yep. because there's really nothing else there's i can nothing do else here. you can do yeah <laughs> yeah and again that contrast with like the the assistant he breaks her neck and throws her down the stairs which is like her request she was like i i don't get I insurance di- i can't certain- disappear yeah she's like i it, uh, my kids need my life insurance so he breaks her neck at the top of the steps so it makes it look like she fell down there are moments right. like we're saying where yeah where you're like he's skilled oh, he yeah. knows how to do things yeah. he i i do believe he's done a lot of assassinations uh, yeah. like he says in the beginning oh yeah we have no reason to doubt he's he's inflating like his numbers it's just like right. the way he talks about what he does is making it sound so glamorous and it's just it really isn't he, he all he has to do for this all he had to do for his big paris job was just be awake at the right time like right. he's just he's in a, a building across the street with a perfect view of the room he needs to shoot into. He just needs to be there at the right time. That's it. But he's making it sound like I spend hours casing the joint and eating egg McMuffins right. and sleeping on this platform. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, just shoot. And him. again, I think that just plays into David Fincher, where it's like 
he is a meticulous director, right? He is, you know, he makes these movies mm-hmm. that feel very like he in- that's the whole infamously does dozens and dozens of takes sometimes. Yeah. And his and his movies have this I don't want to say robotic feel. This I've always heard it as described as like omnipresent, where it's like the camera is an entity. It's not it's not like he rarely does handheld shots. He he's very much about um like I don't know, this very like the authority mechanical of, way of the presenting. authority of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And so like it is his style, but like without but he's human, right? And without that humanity like you can't deny that humanity obviously in what you do and i just think he's taking the piss out of himself a little bit where it's like like it's not like he's perfect like he can make a show no, he film, is a per- he, he can... is a perfectionist but he is not perfect. exactly yeah exactly and i think that's what's kind of happening here yeah. is like that idea that this character wants to be seen as perfect and it's like, no, you're emotional. You're fucking up constantly. Mm-hmm. You're oversleeping. You're on tilt. You're making... Yeah, exactly. And you have to... It's that attitude and, I, you know, where like... And I, I think we've all experienced this type of person where they're terrified of being humble. Yeah. Where they... Anytime they make a mistake, they roll with it. They yes and it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, no, you can say like, oh, I fucked up. It's it, That's actually better. You know, let's actually people appreciate that so it's that attitude of like he's he doesn't make mistakes and it's like he's he's perpetually making right mistakes it's almost in this movie it's most of what he does is, yeah it, is it, trip it, yeah. over his own dick yeah and that doesn't mean he's bad at what he does no um it's just that he has it's a this shocking humor. success rate <laughs> yeah it's sort of about someone's sort of hubris getting the better of him he sort of says at a certain point or he says at the beginning a lot that patience is the biggest like issue with the job he right does, is yeah. like it rem- it honestly reminds me of of like when you play a video game and you have to do a stealth mission and you keep well, dying and then on the like fourth time you're just running in and you're like i just want to get through the level that's kind of what's happening is he's losing that patience which exactly he immediately yeah he says is the most important thing at the beginning right it's and you can tell he's just done i was actually i i didn't say it but <laughs> Earlier, I was thinking of a football analogy, Dave. <laughs> when, oh, he, no. when he takes the shot, it's it's like when it's like when you're watching. It's like when you watch somebody throw an interception. Like it's basically, right. you, oh, you're trying to force something to happen now because you're getting impatient. Yeah. So, oh yeah, and you're trying to force something. So that's when you make a mistake. Yeah, I, you used on tilt before, which is. I know it as a poker term, and I'm sure I've explained it on a podcast. I'm sure people know what it means, yep. but it's the perfect it's the perfect explanation because it's when you're playing poker, and the idea when you're the way you're supposed to play poker is very patiently. You bluff, you wait for good hands, you 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 calculate pot odds, you know when to go in, but you fold a lot. You know, you you mostly fold when you play poker if you're playing it well. You know, like if you're playing it to win, like money, uh, on a mathematical level. And being on tilt is when you stop getting, when you like an hour passes and you haven't gotten anything, you haven't even gotten jacks, you know, like you've, you've, it's just all fucking shit cards the whole night. And you're just like, I just want to do something. And you're watching your, your pot just slowly bleed because of the blinds going around. So you're just bleeding money the whole time. And then you're like, you get, you get like hands. 
Right. Then you you get like ten nine, and you're like, I'm all in. Yep. And that's being on tilt, where it's like you're not getting a good hand, but you're so sick of not doing anything yeah. that you're like, fuck it. And that's that it's, is it's the whole exactly feeling. Exactly what he does. Yeah. <laughs> it's perfect. It's it's a perfect analogy for this this motherfucker. And again, it's it's so subtle that I can see like watching this movie and not noticing or thinking that it's like the writing you know where it's like oh this is dumb and it's like yeah i think it's supposed to be <laughs> i think he's supposed to be kind of dumb he's supposed to be a Again, fucking knucklehead i think what makes it what makes it tricky is that it's he's not always dumb so no. like there's stuff in it that feels like it's on the level of like what you'd see in any like him you know he gets the the um storage it's most, lockers it's, it's, and he goes in and he right. puts his car in there and he switches license yeah, plates it's and he's less washing that, the vans and he's it's less doing that all he's, stuff. it's less that he's dumb it's more that he's not a genius right he's and not hannibal lecter hannibal lecter doesn't exist yeah and uh, there's this meta aspect that i i kind of wish they had pointed out but i get why where it's like he's renting all these cars and he's doing all this stuff and i couldn't help but think like this is a gigantic paper trail <laughs> Like it's hard. His for, multiple it's, identities it's, presumably help with that, but like yeah, but yeah. they're all so obvious. Yes. So I was expecting that to like, I was really expecting him to just get arrested, like or like real uh, like unceremoniously arrested or something. Um, but I get what you said, where it's like, yeah, he, he sort of has to just retire at the end. That makes sense for his character. And it's more pleasant, you know? Well, it's also like, funny because, like, that's exactly what his handler says to him. He's like, I can't believe you're not just retired. He's like, I don't understand right. why, you, why you're why you pursuing. He's well, like, well, because he's like, he points out everything. It's the bear joke. It's exactly, the bear joke. Exactly, yeah, yeah. It's the bear joke. He he's, keeps coming back to get punched in the taint every time. He's on like, tilt, yeah. Why are you doing this? Yeah. He can't let it go. And it, he, his, his handler is like, you could have taken any one of the, I assume, hundreds of identities you have. You've made more money than you can ever spend. Your right. girlfriend... She got beat up, but she's fine. Like, I don't understand why you guys haven't disappeared to the far side of the world by now, is what he tells yeah. him. Yeah. It, it, it's, <laughs> it's sort of a similar moral as something like Old Boy, where it's actually not being like, look how cool revenge is. It's like, look how petty and shitty look revenge is. Look how stupid it is. Look how self-destructive yeah, it is. Yeah, unlike Old Boy, he doesn't, he, he gets out. That's the only thing. They give him a little bit of a happy ending by being like, uh. he makes it. <laughs> Sure, I guess. Yeah. But it's I really unceremonious. I would, ne- I would it's really never like... dare to call boys ending happy. But... No, not old boy. I'm talking about this movie. Oh, I see. Yeah, this movie has more of a happy ending. Old boy, old boy, he pays dearly for his revenge. Mm-hmm. Um, but like in this one, but like I guess the thing that he, the thing that like is the hit is almost like on his ego like it feels like his ego gets the murdered at the end because like finally finding this client and realizing the client doesn't give a fuck about him it's like it's it's kind of the perfect ending to this little revenge rampage as he's killed all the people the the workers like he's killed all the people who are just doing the job Mm -hmm. and like yeah they they did sign his death warrant more than the client ultimately when you realize how little the client knows but it's just an interesting dynamic for him to like spare the client at the end who is technically the person responsible but like he's you know, the most didn't responsible realize yeah it. but he didn't even realize no. it you know like 
It's just I don't know. I think that's. I think he's punishing the intent. Maybe maybe that's how yeah. he's because a lot of the movie obviously is him rationalizing what he does. Right. And and not 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 just rationalizing what he do, what he does in terms of like the mor- the morality of what he does, but like rationalizing the dumb fucking shit he does. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh man, uh, I really enjoyed this movie, Dave. I don't have anything I really else to enjoyed say. It too. Yeah, I I just have to repeat. I wish I got to see it in theaters. That I guess it nice. come out in theaters briefly. Yeah, I could have. I was in L.A. I could have saw it. But like, you know what I mean. Most people didn't get to see it in theaters. Mm-hmm. I wish I could have. David Fincher, you gotta you gotta you gotta hop off that net, Netflix ship as soon as possible. I mean, I know you don't you don't have a decision. I I can see like at the time signing up for Netflix probably seemed like a good idea, you know. Yeah. But Guar- it honestly seems like money. Yeah. It honestly it's it's just I think it's one of the worst decisions he made. <laughs> Cuz yeah, I, I like I think it's been that way for a few of the filmmakers too, like Scorsese. Yeah. I don't mean it in the way because I saw some people were criticizing like he doesn't even make movies anymore because he's on Netflix. I don't mean it like that. You know, I think he makes movies. (laughs) I mean, it's not like J.J. Abrams who took his development deal and hasn't made a fucking thing in like eight years. Right. No, I mean, like there's people who are like being really snobby of like, that's not even cinema. And it's like, no, it's fucking cinema. It's more just like Netflix is clearly doesn't care about him. And it feels like they barely advertise his stuff. And it was part of when they were no physical media. Like, it's just like Fincher has always been a guy where it's like, I want the DVDs. I want all the behind the scenes. I want to see it all. That's the beauty of Fincher. He's again, he's such a meticulous filmmaker. I want to see it all. I want to see on the big screen. I want a Blu-ray of this. And so like, that's what I mean is like, he's just not, he doesn't feel like a Netflix director to me. Yeah. Like, his stuff is not as disposable as Netflix makes their movies. Yeah. That's what it comes down yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because Netflix wants to be like, we're high art, but then they can't. They no, can't be. They that. just want Oscars. That's all. Right. If they wanted to be high art, they would do. Maybe there is going to be a physical release. I mean, is there a Mank Blu ray? I don't know. I know Scorsese had a deal worked with Netflix, and I'm, I'm sure Fincher probably had the juice to do something similar but i'm not sure i don't know the particulars of their respective deals yeah but i th- like I, th- like I believe a... i remember reading something where scorsese was going to be able to get physical releases of the irishman at some point yeah okay good <clears throat> yeah there's not much for a mink blu-ray it looks like the, it says there's like on blu-ray.com there's like a shitty basic I don't know. Someone, someone point me to a good Mank Blu-ray if there's one that exists. Yeah. I just don't. Yeah. Gotta, gotta dive um, back into Mank. Yeah, I gotta get that. Gotta get my Mank on. Yeah, where gotta my Mank, mank heads at? Yeah, you know my Mank heads are out there. But yeah, I want like you know Criterion Collection of the game. That's what I I want for Fincher. Those Fight Club DVDs were great. Yeah, they're awesome. Yeah. All right, I'm done. All right. Yeah, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. I was going to just ramble about Benjamin Button or something. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash Gamefully Unemployed. G-A-M-E-F-U-L-O-Y. Unemployed. You go on there for $5 a month. You get access to exclusive podcasts like Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Fox Muller is a Maniac, Star Trek The Next Futurama, Spielboys, all for $5 a month. We watch movies with our patrons as well. 
every Friday night. Um, we do. I don't think we have we watched a Fincher. It's hard to think of a Fincher to watch the game. I, I know we've watched the game. We must watch the game. That's yeah. the most. That's the most like what I don't know. Like mindlessly watchable yeah, movie. Maybe we'll throw on Mank. I don't know. Everybody's favorite film, Mank. Night. Um, Mank. Uh, we also have a, pa- uh, a Patreon. We also have a store. Head over to GameFlateEmployee.com where you can find a link to our Teespring store where we have all kinds of cool original artwork and designs. You can get on t-shirts, mugs, stickers, posters, all sorts of things. So slap your little Mank peepers onto that when you're not busy yeah. using them to watch Mank, of course. Um, and Mank. leave us a review. Mank. Yeah, review us. Yeah. Just review the word Mank. Just, even if it just says Mank, Mank over and over and Mank. over again. Mank. First person to review us with the word Mank gets nothing i mean nothing maybe, at all yeah maybe we'll shout you out i don't know no nope nothing yep you get nothing you get nothing we get absolutely Do nothing it.